You're listening to Brains On, where we're serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Okay, fake fur? Check. Wire for structural support? Check. Kite string for controlling movements? Check. Feather boa for extra bushiness? Check. Sarah Catherine, we are all ready to make squirrel tails. Perfect. We're definitely going to need them for squirrel experience. I was honestly so excited when I heard your question about squirrels. Three months earlier. Oh, a new Brains On question. Let's hear it. Hi, I'm Sarah Catherine, and my question is, what are squirrels' ancestors? Yes! There's only one way to answer this question. It's going to squirrel experience. We're going to squirrel experience. We're going to squirrel experience. We're going to squirrel experience. I am very excited you could join in today. To answer your question, we're headed to... Squirrel Experience. It's a special adventure course that celebrates all the spectacular skills that squirrels have. Yes! Squirrel Experience, the theme park where you experience life as a squirrel. Because squirrels are so complex. To really know anything about squirrels, you really need to be ready to be a squirrel. Did you get your Squirrel Experience handbook in the mail? Did I? I read it cover to cover. Call me Squirrel Catherine. I know. I've practically memorized my handbook. I've been so excited. In our Squirrel Experience, we'll learn three key squirrel skills. Eating and storing nuts. Moving through trees. And squirrel speak. I can't wait. Even just saying squirrel experience is exciting. Squirrel experience! It is. Okay, let's finish up these tails. We've got to head out soon. Okay, here's the fake fur. If you double it, that looks much more like a tail. Oh, yeah, yeah. These are really coming together. Definitely. You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Molly Bloom, and my co-host today is Sarah Catherine from Columbia, South Carolina. Hi, Sarah Catherine. Hey, Molly. And it's Squirrel Catherine, remember? Oh, right. Sorry about that. Today, we're going nuts for squirrels. So, Squirrel Catherine, before we head to Squirrel Experience, how would you describe a squirrel? It's like a little bushy brown animal with like a huge tail that always eats from our bird feeders. (laughs) So what got you interested in squirrels? Well, we see them a lot around our house. How do the animals that you live with react to squirrels? I have a dog, but she just watches them. Mm. My cat likes to look out the window. So kind of same thing with him, except he can't go outside. So your squirrels eat from your bird feeders? Yes, a lot. (laughs) Is Is that okay or is that frustrating? Well, my dad is not happy about it, but I don't really mind. The the bird feed is there for everyone, including squirrels. Yeah. Well, there are lots of kinds of squirrels, but squirrel experience is based specifically on tree squirrels. They hang out in trees and eat nuts and acorns. In many parts of the world, these squirrels are everywhere. They're out and about a lot these days, finding nuts and storing them for winter. And speaking of out and about, it is time for us to go. We've got to make our way to... Squirrel Experience. I can't believe we're actually here. Wait, is that... Manica? Manica! Molly? Sarah? Catherine? What are you all doing here? I thought you were taping an episode today. 
That's Squirrel Catherine for today, and we're doing the same thing as everyone else, learning all about squirrels by being squirrels. Oh my gosh, welcome. I had no idea you were coming today. How fun that you chose today of all days to visit Squirrel Experience too. Oh no, I'm not just visiting. I've been a volunteer squirrel instructor for years. In fact, I'm about to lead the tour. Have a seat on any of the benches over there. Squirrel lovers, squirrel curious, welcome. Who's ready to have a great squirrel experience today? Woohoo! I am. I am too. Well, before you can start living the life of a squirrel, you need a squirrel setup. We have a whole collection of accessories ready for you. Your squirrel accessories. First, reach underneath your chair. You get squirrel shades, and you get squirrel shades, and you get squirrel shades. We all get squirrel shades. You see, you need great distance vision to be a squirrel. Plus, these will improve what you can see off the side of your head, your peripheral vision. So now, you can see far away and around your head, just like a squirrel. I have always wished my eyes could be on the side of my head. Next, hanging on the back of your chair, you'll find a pair of fake squirrel teeth. Pop those babies on. Your human chompers are not strong enough to chomp nuts. Wow, these teeth are long and so sharp. Now, to the left of your chair, you'll find a pair of gloves and toe socks. Those will give you squirrel claws. Careful, these are sharp. And finally, I hope you all brought your homemade squirrel tails. We did, and we added these tie strings so you can switch them around. Wonderful. Well, now that everyone is suited up for squirreldom, you're ready for your next stop on the Squirrel Experience Tour. Okay, Molly and Sarah Catherine, your first stop today is the Nutty Valley. You've got a great squirrel instructor for your tour. Although, I've heard she can sometimes be a little tough. Okay, squirrels, listen up. My name is Lucia Jacobs. I'm a professor of psychology at Berkeley. I've been studying squirrels for a long time, and I know everything a squirrel needs to know to become a squirrel. And your first task in the Nutty Valley is, of course, cracking open nuts. Here are a bunch of acorns for you all. Everyone grab a nut. Everyone start chewing at the top of the nut. Oh, like at the top of the acorn. Yeah, squirrel's front teeth keep growing for our whole lives, so they stay sharp and strong for breaking nuts open. You've got 30 seconds to chew a hole in the top of the nut. Lock your lower teeth into that hole and break off a piece of the shell. Got it. Do it again. Do it again. Oh, now you've got a big hole in the shell. Now, start eating the nut. Oh, this acorn tastes terrible. The handbook never said anything about this. Oh, yeah. Don't actually eat that acorn. Humans can eat acorns if they're cooked, but if they're raw, they can give you a stomachache. That's because they've got these chemicals inside called tannins. And when acorns are raw, the tannins make acorns taste super, super bitter. But that doesn't bother squirrels. Those little rodent geniuses even have special squirrel taste buds. I know. So now you know how to open nuts. With our teeth, one chomp at a time. But squirrels don't eat every nut they find. They hide most of them away for later. And that will be your next activity. Okay, here's another nut. Everyone pick up your nut. 
Everyone weigh your nut. Uh, Lucia, are there scales we can use somewhere? What do you mean you don't know how to weigh your nut? That's a basic skill. The heavier the nut, the more food there is inside. So squirrels do this thing where they put a nut in their mouth and then shake their head. Oh, kind of like if you hold something in your hand, then you bob it up and down to see how heavy it is. Exactly. I kind of maxed out an acorn taste a minute ago, so I'm just going to shake my acorn in my hand to weigh it. That's very reasonable. So this nut is pretty heavy. It's heavier than that one. Oh, that must mean it's good. Everyone know how much their nut weighs? All right. Cash the nut. Now, this isn't cash like cash money. It's cash like C-A-C-H-E. Ah, I remember reading about this. And when you C-A-C-H-E something, you hide it away. Plus, there's a squirrely system for cashing nuts. The more it weighs, the further you carry it. You know that. That's the rule. Right. Because heavier nuts are more valuable, so we want to store them in an extra safe space farther away from the tree where we found them. Dig a hole. Put the nut in the hole. Pound the nut in with your teeth. Cover it with your paws. Walk away carefully so no one's seen you do it. You're going to be expert nut hiders. I get that hiding nuts is what squirrels do, but there are so many acorns on the ground. Isn't hiding them so carefully kind of overkill? Remember, we're not going to give you any food for nine months. Everything you cash from September and October is your complete winter food supply. If you don't cash enough nuts and you run out in January, tough luck. Oh my, Manica, hand me that nut. I feel like I'm behind on my cashing already. Technically, Molly, you might be able to find some early tree snacks around, like, March, but it's definitely good to stash more nuts rather than less. And from what I remember, we're going to need a lot of nuts. How many is it each year, Lucia? You may need to cash, um, as an adult, over 3,000 nuts. Plus, we need to remember where our nuts are and what kinds of nuts we've hidden in different places. So you're going to be making this map using your your eyes and your nose and your brain, every nut is one trip up the tree, down the tree, out to the cache site, bury it, and back. Up the tree, down the tree, out to a cache site, bury it, then back. That might sound like a lot of running around in trees, and it is. But don't worry, learning tree traversing is the next squirrel skill on your tour. But first, you've all been working hard. Go get a squirrel sip. It's very important to stay hydrated at Squirrel Experience. We'll meet back on the Oak Knoll in a bit. Oh, hiya, squirrel friends. Hey, it's our pal Ruby Guthrie. Wait a minute. What are you doing here? Manica hooked me up with this sweet job at the squirrel sip stand. Want a drink? We've got everything. Hazelnut lattes, walnut tea, and almond milk on tap. Ice cold, of course. That sounds refreshing. I'll take one, please. Me too. Two icy almond milkies coming right up. And voila. So, tell me, how's your squirrel experience going so far? Ooh, it's really something else. I am starting to feel one with the squirrels. Agreed, but I'm so curious about the squirrels of the past. In a nutshell, I just want to know where these beady-eyed, bushy-tailed creatures came from. Oh, well, I could help you there. You see, I've been squirrel-educating myself ever since I started working here. Like, did you know squirrels are a type of rodent? Like mice or rats? 
Correct Mundo, Squirrel Catherine. You see, squirrels evolved from ancient rodents between 30 and 40 million years ago. These rodents evolved into squirrels, chipmunks, prairie dogs, and marmots. Oh, hey, it's my fellow squirrel sip tender, Ornella Bertrand. Hey, Ornella, didn't you research rodents at the University of Edinburgh? Oh, you gotta tell them that story about how squirrels are related to the mountain beaver. That one is nuts. Like, what even is that? They look nothing like squirrels. <laughs> From the outside, they're like very small and they dig a lot. So they spend most of their lives underground and uh, they're solitary. And so if you look at it, you wouldn't say like, oh, wow, that's a very close relative to squirrels. <laughs> what the nut? A beaver? I know, the name is actually soups misleading. Even though mountain beavers look like a classic beaver, just without the big paddle tail, they're not technically beavers. But just like squirrels, they evolved from the same ancient rodents. And researchers like Ornella here think mountain beavers and squirrels actually lived together millions and millions of years ago. So first of all, like the oldest mountain beaver and the squirrels, they probably like lived in trees. Uh, very early on and what happened is squirrels like stayed in trees while the mountain beaver group kind of like chose another trajectory and they become more terrestrial and also lived more underground progressively throughout the you know the million years that followed so over millions of years the squirrel and the mountain beavers evolved in different environments and one of the most interesting things Ornella told me is this change in the environment made squirrel brains grow bigger and bigger. Whoa. Whoa. Nuts, right? I'll tell you more about it. But first, there's something else for you to chomp into. It's the... Hey, that's my line. Oh, <laughs> right. Take it away, Molly. It's the... Here it is. It's pretty short, so let's hear it again. Okay, Sarah Catherine, what is your guess? That sounds like dumping something, like nuts. Mm -hmm. Just thinking it might be related to this episode. Mm -hmm. Like dumping nuts onto a hard surface. Really good guess. Or maybe like pouring bird seed into a bird feeder. I, I like the brainstorming. Okay, so either some nuts or some bird seed. Well, we're going to hear it again and give you another chance to guess in just a bit. We're working on an episode all about superstitions, and we want to hear from you. Superstitions are beliefs about things that are lucky or unlucky. Like some people think it's bad luck to break a mirror or good luck to find a four-leaf clover. We want to hear what you think. Are there things that you do to bring good luck? Maybe things that you avoid because you think they're bad luck? What about you, Sarah Catherine? Do you have any good luck charms? Not really, even though like sometimes there are rainbows and mm. I think those are lucky. Are there any bad luck things you avoid? Not really. 
My father thinks opening an umbrella inside is seven years of bad luck, though. Mm, so he probably does not like when you do that, I'm guessing. Well, listeners, send us your answer at brainson.org slash contact. And while you're there, you can also send us mystery sounds, drawings, or questions. Like this one. Hi, I'm Alexandra from Kansas City, Missouri, and I'm eight years old. And my question is, what chemical in apples mixes with oxygen to make the apple turn brown? We'll answer that during our moment of um after the credits, and then we'll read the most recent listeners to be added to the Brains Honor Roll. So keep listening. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact, you probably don't even know where to start. So that's where the newest version of the Million Bazillion Academy steps in, our email newsletter course. You can start whenever, and you'll get a new lesson each week that you and your kids can complete at your own pace. They'll learn about crypto, the stock market, and so much more. And best of all, it's free. Million Bazillion Academy, making kids smarter about money. Sign up today at marketplace.org academy. You're listening to Brains On from American Public Media. I'm Squirrel Catherine. And I'm Molly. And I'm Ruby. And this is my pal Ornella Bertrand. We work at the Squirrel Sip Stand. So, where were we? Oh, that's right. Squirrel Brains. So, this discovery started when Ornella here was studying lots of different squirrel skulls, comparing old ones to the squirrels of today. And that's when she noticed there was a part of the brain that was getting bigger. Yeah, exactly. So we thought that living in trees required good vision and also good control of your eye movement. So when you jump onto a branch, <laughs> make sure your eyes are like, you know, well fixed on the branch and that you know how far you, you need to go. You can't really close your eyes at that point because you need to catch that branch. <laughs> so... Um, what we found actually was that the early squirrels showed an expansion of the neocortex. And the neocortex is the part of the brain that helps with lots of things, including vision, listening, and memory. All things you would use way more often being up in a tree. We hypothesized that was in response to that change of environment going into the trees because their closest relatives didn't have it like the mountain beaver. In fact, over time, the neocortex in the mountain beaver got smaller. And so we hypothesize simply that, you know, when you live underground, you don't need as much vision and you don't need, like, to make big jumps because you're in your little tunnel. And so it's, it really, like, shows you how much, like, the animal has to, uh, is, you know, adapted to the environment. And squirrels are a prime example of how to co-evolve with your environment, especially with trees. You see, about 20 million years ago, the trees started growing harder and harder nuts. So animals would have a harder time eating them, and more of those nuts would grow into trees. But over time, squirrels' jaws also developed to be bigger and stronger. All the better to chomp with. Right. These nuts were far too hard to crack for other animals like mice or birds. 
only the squirrel would reign squirrel preem. But the squirrels didn't just crack and eat the nuts. They also took some far, far away from the tree, weighed them, just like how you learned with Manica and Lucia, and then they cached them in the ground, essentially planting them, which meant more trees and more nuts. Johnny Appleseed, more like squirrely nut cash. Ah, good one, Molly. The trees helped feed the squirrels, and in turn, the squirrels helped to build up the forests. Without the help of squirrels, we wouldn't have nearly as many hickory trees, walnuts, or pecans as we do today. Wow, thanks, squirrels. Speaking of, it's almost my lunch break, and I could really go for some pecan pie. You better go now before they run out. Uh, you're so right. Good luck with the rest of your squirrel experience. Thanks for the squirrel sips. Bye, Ruby and Ornella. Yeah, of course. Think nut. Thing of it. <laughs> ta ta! Squirrel Catherine, are you ready for that mystery sound again? Definitely. All right, here it is one more time. Okay, any new thoughts? Not really. I definitely think it's pouring something onto a hard surface. I'm just going to say acorns or something. I love that guess. Ready for the answer? Yes. Here it is. Hi, I'm Sam. Hi, I'm Giselle. Our mystery sound was acorns rolling down a park slide. You are totally right. Yay! Acorns on a hard surface rolling down a park slide. Brains, brains, brains. Hey, squirrel friends. Welcome back to your tour. So, earlier, we covered eating acorns and hiding nuts. Are you ready to learn how to make your way through the trees? Totally ready. Excellent, because your squirrel instructor, Lucia Jacobs, is back to tell you about her top tree tips. So, Lucia, to start off this tree training, can you remind us, for anyone who didn't get to Chapter 6 in their handbook, where do we actually find the nuts in the first place? You find the nuts in the trees! (laughs) And that's why you're a tree squirrel, and that's why it's so important that you can climb and leap and jump. Right. Let's all internalize that with an affirmation. I can climb. I can climb. I can leap. I can leap. I can jump. I can jump. Are you sure about that jumping? I'm afraid of heights. Now remember, you've been practicing... Since you came out of the nest, you you were born in a tree. Yeah. Don't forget about where you came from, my squirrel friends. You've got really good vision, and particularly for things that are moving. And so you can judge the distance between branches. But some of this is just going to be trial and error. And you're going to have to rely on your very sharp claws and your big bushy tail and everything you've learned. So we've got to see where to jump, grip the tree bark with our sharp claws, and balance with our fluffy tails. Shout out to all our squirrel accessories for making this possible. You got it. Amazing work, everyone. And now, your final skill will be squirrel speak. For this one, we're running through a scenario. I've been waiting for this skill all day. You're in a tree, and suddenly, out of nowhere, you know, a hawk dive bombs you. You know that red-tailed hawk has incredible vision. And you're looking at the hawk, and the hawk is looking at you. You don't scare me, hawk. You give it lots of signals. 
that you tell the hawk, I've seen you, you can't catch me. So what do you do? Come on, what's the first thing you do? Squirrel 101, you tail flag. A tail flag is when you flick your tails so they wave in a big S shape. Like this, right? That looks great. Thank goodness we made these tails movable. So you do your big, beautiful S-shaped tail flag. At the same time, you tell everyone else, hey, there's a hawk. For that, you need your squirrel alarm call. <laughs> you can make it too. Practice it. Three, two, one. <laughs> We might have to keep practicing a little bit. So we flag, 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 and we quack, quack, quack whenever we see a hawk. And if you see a predator on the ground, like a dog or a fox, you want to do the same thing. You want to go up the tree and find where you're right over the dog's head or the fox or the coyote, and you're looking right down at them, and you're making your tail flags, and you're making your quaw sounds, and you're saying, I can see you. I'm right up here. I see you. You see me. Just go away, forget it, you're not going to eat me today. Or tomorrow, or the next day. And you know, before I came to Squirrel Experience, I always kind of thought squirrels were taunting dogs and cats when they did this. But they're really just sounding the alarm so that other squirrels know what's up, and also to tell the predator to back off. For all of squirrels' amazing talents, I don't think they're very good at communicating with other species. That's true. In dog language... Their alarm call seems like it means bark at me as loud as you can. <laughs> One more round of qua 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 for good measure. Qua qua qua. So, Molly and Squirrel Catherine, congratulations! You have made it to the end of your tour. We're sending you home with a certificate and a temporary tattoo commemorating your new squirrely skills. But before you go, it's time for your squirrel send-off. Okay, everyone, flag your tail. Flag it again. All right, off you go. Here at Squirrel Experience. We really hope you've had a wonderful time and learned a lot about squirrels. And please come back soon. I'm here every Thursday and Saturday. It really has been quite a squirrel experience. Squirrels have some amazing skills. Yeah, I'm ready to store acorns. I know how to get around the trees. And I think with just a bit more practice, my alarm call will be spy on. It might not make sense to dogs, but other squirrels will get it for sure. Squirrels are part of the rodent family, and they're a super diverse species. Tree squirrels are expert acorn openers, but they don't always eat the nuts they find. They stockpile lots and lots of nuts for later. It's called caching. Their vision and their sharp claws help them climb and leap around trees. They communicate with sounds and big tail movements. And over millions of years, squirrels co-evolved with their environment to better survive. That wraps up our squirrel saga. We're about to hear an answer to the question, what makes apples turn brown during the moment of um? But first, some super duper quick credits. Brains On is produced by Molly Bloom, Ruby Guthrie, Mark Sanchez, Sandon Todden, and Manica Wilhelm. 
We had engineering help from Alex Simpson, Johnny Vince Evans, George Kearns, and Sean Birch. And our intern is Catherine Sundquist. Special thanks to Miranda and Andrew Rittner and Dan Latou. Our executive producer is Beth Perlman, and the executives in charge of APM Studios are Lily Kim, Alex Shaffert, and Joanne Griffith. Brains On is a nonprofit public radio program. You can support the show and help us keep making new episodes by heading to brainson.org slash fans. While you're there, you can donate, join our free fan club, or check out our merch. There are face masks, t-shirts, and hats. And you can buy the Brains On book there, too. It's brainson.org slash fans. Now, before we go, it's time for a moment of... What chemical in apples mixes with oxygen to make the apple turn brown? So there are actually two chemicals in apples that contribute to it turning brown. Hi, I'm Anne-Marie Torregrosa, and I am a scientist who studies taste in food. When apples turn brown, it's actually a chemical reaction that needs three parts. Oxygen from the air, the phenolic that's in the apple, and another enzyme that's in the apple too. Phenolics are a kind of plant chemical. When oxygen comes into contact with the damaged tissue of an apple, you cut an apple, oxygen comes into contact with those phenolics, then the phenolics start to turn brown because of an enzyme that is also in the apple. And an enzyme is a helper that helps the oxygen and the phenolic interact. Once the phenolic and the oxygen come together, the phenolic changes a little bit and turns brown. And so different amounts of enzyme and different amounts of phenolics in the apple can make the apple turn brown at different rates. Um, um, um. This list is better than a hot apple pie on a cool fall day. It's the Brains Honor Roll. These are the incredible listeners who share their questions, ideas, mystery sounds, and drawings with us. Joshua from Mechanicsville, Virginia, Daniel from Richmond, Virginia, Jeffrey and Ginny from Sandy, Utah, Isabel from Columbus, Ohio, Maddie from Atlanta, Beckett from Minneapolis, Abigail, Joshua, and Amelia from Owings, Maryland, Aaliyah from Sunnyvale, California, Lula from Grand Junction, Colorado, Sage and Killian from Columbus, Ohio, Lydia from Springboro, Ohio, Cameron from Golden, Colorado, John V, Arab, and Jaini from Chester Springs, Pennsylvania, Elliot from Singapore, Paisley from Tigard, Oregon, Tyson from Auburn, Alabama, Ivan from Flagstaff, Arizona, Camilla from Dallas, Melody from Los Angeles, Henry from Sherman Oaks, California, Cameron from Indianapolis, Lavana from New York City, Eddie from Topeka, Kansas, Patricio from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, Bruce and Clyde from Wellesley, Ontario, Andres from Auckland, New Zealand, Nina from Martell, Nebraska, Tristan from Holmdel, Jack from downtown New York, Violet from Lancaster, Massachusetts, Cadence and Orion from Queens, New York, Trace, Tristan and Gage from Hartford, South Dakota, Mithul from Nashik, India, Ellie from Belleville, Ontario, Isaiah from Tampa, Florida, Arlo from Baltimore, Libby from Gloucestershire, United Kingdom, Zoe from Vancouver, Hazel from Watkinsville, Georgia, Emery and Linnea from Minneapolis, Haley and Hayden from Kenai, Alaska, Ronan from Calgary, Alberta, John from Indian Land, South Carolina, Haley from Yakima, Washington, Charlie from Las Vegas, Andy and Maybell from Buena Vista, Colorado, Elise and Maisie from Medina, Minnesota, Odessa and Kingston from Naples, Florida, Violet and Pietro from Vaughn, Ontario, Avi from Chicago, Jackson and Logan from Herndon, Virginia, Maggie and Leonora from Kawagoe, Japan, Piper, Paige, and Juniper from La Mesa, California, 
Isha from Toronto, Zoe from Dallas, Lachlan from Campbell, California, Zoe from Carlisle, Ontario, Sage from Fayetteville, Arkansas, Jared from Knoxville, Tennessee, Will and Avi from Harold, California, Chloe Sophia from Pineville, North Carolina, Taylor and Connor from DeLand, Florida, Waylon from Jacksonville, Florida, India from Melbourne, Australia, Arlo from Melbourne, Australia, Mary Harper and AJ from Raleigh, North Carolina, Lydia from Mankato, Minnesota, Maisie from Chicago, Sloan from Andover, Minnesota, and Jack from Roseville, California. We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.